Hello, everybody. Um, I am assuming you know what this podcast is going to be about. If you've read the title of the podcast, then you will know I am pregnant. And um, whilst recording this, I'm around 13 weeks now. So I actually had my scan on Monday. I thought I was 12 weeks. In fact, I actually thought I was 11 weeks. Um, But no, she measured baby and apparently it's 13 weeks or it's a giant. (laughs) Who knows? Um, So I wanted to record a podcast because when I found out I was pregnant, I was kind of trolling, trolling, scrolling through the internet um, to find other pregnancy journeys and to listen to pregnancy journey podcasts as well. But especially so in the first trimester, I felt like there was loads of information about the second trimester and the third trimester, especially podcasts anyway, because I really love listening to a good podcast. Um, So I couldn't find anything. And I really struggled to listen and read about people's journeys because it's almost like a secret trimester that not really anyone talks about because obviously you're trying to keep it a secret or maybe you, you haven't kept it a secret with everyone, but with you know most people. So it's difficult and um, time flies. And when you're in it, you really don't feel like it is flying. But now I'm 13 weeks, I'm thinking, where did those weeks go? So yeah, I wanted to share a podcast about my journey. And when I say my journey, I mean it. Um, I wanted to make sure that I stated this at the beginning of the podcast. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about my experience over the past um, 13 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. And I just want to make it very clear and transparent that just because what I've been through has you know, been a certain way for me, it won't necessarily mean it's what you'll go through. Every pregnancy is so different. And I asked my audience on social media actually to fill out a questionnaire for me um, a few months, well, weeks back. And obviously I was pregnant at the time. Um, But I asked my audience, I said, to all the mums out there, can you complete this survey for me um, and tell me about your pregnancies and, you know, how you found each trimester? And is there anything you think a personal trainer should know um, about your pregnancy? Do you wish that you'd had more support or, you know, what was kind of offered to you throughout your pregnancy for your health, etc.? And that was really interesting interesting to read because obviously as I said I was pregnant at the time so it was nice to kind of go through people's journeys and over 50 of you sent some question the questionnaire through through so thank you so much to everybody who did that because it was really helpful but one of the main reasons that I actually did that is because eventually I actually want to launch my own sort of pre and postnatal program or just kind of um, integrate it into my membership so it was really key for me to find out um, from other people what their experience was because you know I can only go by my experience but it's the same as anything just because you go through something doesn't mean it's exactly the same for somebody else so I just kind of wanted to absolutely state what I've been through might not be the same as you and you know take whatever I say with a pinch of salt because like I said you might have completely different symptoms some might last for longer much shorter you might not have any symptoms at all um so yeah, so this is my journey and my experience through my my first trimester. And secondly, I just wanted to say, and I find it quite hard to say this actually, I'm going to try and not get upset because obviously pregnancy hormones are a thing. Um, my heart goes out to everybody who has lost 
a baby who's miscarried, who is struggling to get pregnant right now, who's undergoing fertility treatment. It really does because, yeah, it's just, it's one of the most life-changing things that you can kind of go through and you don't really realize how emotional that stage of your life is until you go through it. And I'm not going to go into that area, you know, too deeply, but I just wanted to say that my heart goes out to you all. And when I talk about my experience, I hope you can listen to this with, with kindness and an open mind. And we're just sending my love to all of you. Um, so let's get started. So I actually started writing this, um, I think, yeah, it was around week four or week three. Um, so I'm just going to read it out to you because it just makes it easier for me to do so. Um, so yeah, here we go. Okay, Saturday, the 8th of January. I was due on on Tuesday, but I just had a feeling I was pregnant. For the past two weeks, I'd had constant boob soreness and not just the usual pre-time of the month nipple pain. You know, you know what it's like when you get nipple pain before your period? Well, I didn't have that. I literally had rock hard boobs and they just kept getting bigger and bigger day by day. And it just, it, honestly, it just didn't, I just knew something felt different. This was not like premenstrual symptoms. This was different. And also, Six to, uh, I'm just going to say this here. If ever this is too much information, just stop listening. <laughs> but I, I'm going to bring up things that, you know, women know about or women might not know about. Um, so also six to seven days after conception. I'm not sure if this is accurate, by the way, but this was what I can remember. Six to seven days after conception, I had some spotting, which has never, ever happened to me before. I've never spotted between a period ever. So when I Googled it, as you do, because we'd obviously conceived around my ovulation time, well, had tried to conceive. Uh, when I Googled it, it came up as possible implantation bleeding. Um, I didn't know what that was to begin with. Honestly, I didn't. So obviously I found out that, you know, it might be the, uh, it might be everything happening. Um, so I just kind of knew from then that something was different. So basically, when that implantation bleeding happening, I was it planted a seed really, and literally, what if that was seven, seven maybe ten days after us, you know, having sex? I yeah, I kind of just I just had knew, I just had a feeling that this time, you know, this this was going to be different. Anyway, after a long walk with Brad and Trevor, we decided to get a test, um. And I got one of the seven day early ones. And when I tested, there was the faintest blue line. So remember, I'm due on Tuesday, um, but at the moment it's Saturday. Um, and there was the faintest blue line saying yes. I said to Brad, let's just wait until after my time of the month due date. And if I haven't come on, I'll do another test. Wednesday, the 12th of Jan. So this is the day after I was due on. I barely slept. <laughs> I kept waking up thinking, is it time to go and pee yet? <laughs> um, and I think I was just nerves, to be honest, because I kind of knew what the answer was going to be because I'd already done the test, which had kind of said yes. Um, but anyway, I peed on the stick. I showered for 10 minutes and hid the stick and put it obviously upside down so I couldn't see what the result was. 
I got out of the shower and hesitantly flipped it over and there it was, another positive blue line. My first thought was, shit, (laughs) this is really happening. I'd always envisioned that I'd burst into joyful tears, but you feel so mixed. You don't know whether it's real or not. You don't know whether to believe it. And yeah, you just, I just felt like, oh God, is this what? So I ran into the bedroom and showed Brad. His response was also, oh shit. (laughs) Sorry, baby, if you're listening to this, we love you. I just don't think either of of us knew when it was actually going to happen. So it was a bit of a reality shock and excitement all at the same time. Just going into that a little bit deeper, me and Brad had come to the the decision that we were going to start trying sort of September time. So I got pregnant around December. So we started trying in September. So September, October, November, December. So it took us about four months. Now I was really, really worried. I think most, I think most women do have this worry um, that we're just not going to be able to conceive. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I literally was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to conceive. I'm 32. Like, am I getting to that age? And also because in the past I'd been so extreme with you know, getting my body to to be so lean and so tiny that I'd lost my period. And I actually came off contraception 18 months before we started trying. Um, and that was due to the fact that I wanted to make sure that my, um, my cycle was okay, because at the time I was taking contraception where I was supposed to have a bleed, but actually I wasn't having that bleed at all. Um, and then I came off my off the pill and um, <clears throat> it my cycle was 50 days long to begin with. Then it was 20, then it was 50 again, then it was 30. And it took me 18 months to get my period to a, to a 28 day cycle. Sometimes it was 27, sometimes 29. But yeah, so I was really... I kind of told myself I'm not going to be able to conceive. So to conceive that quickly actually was a huge surprise. But even saying that, the first time you kind of like say to yourself, okay, we're going to go for it. (laughs) Every month that you get your period, you, well, I felt like this anyway, you just felt, you just feel complete despair. You just feel gutted and you feel hopeless and you know everyone says to you like don't bother looking well people will say to try and like cheer you up like don't look at your ovulation da 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 like just go with the flow don't stress about it too much but at the end of the day you're a woman you're probably a bit of a psycho (laughs) and you will know the days that you ovulate and it's really hard not to concentrate on those things so yeah anyway when we did get pregnant, obviously, so soon, four months is quite soon. I was obviously, you know, really in shock, and really happy. Um, so the week after I found out, I felt really mixed. I don't think anyone pe- like prepares you at all, or talks enough about the anxiety and worry you live with each day. It's like you're holding on to this tiny but huge secret. And every moment you, you find yourself getting excited or have a bit of hope, you also have another voice in your head telling yourself, don't get excited, this might not happen. So it's such a strange time. I had weird shortness of breath. Um, that was really noticeable actually, just like we were basically in Devon over Christmas. And when we came back from Devon, 
I just noticed that when I was voice noting, voice noting clients, because um, I, you know, with one-to-one um, -one clients, I offer a WhatsApp service. When I was voice noting them, I was walking, I was getting really out of breath. And at first I was really worried that I'd got COVID because I was like, what is going on? Um, and then obviously when I did the pregnancy test, it all made sense because th that's a really common sign in the first trimester. There's so much going on and changes in your body that you can have this kind of like, I want to say oxygen depletion, but you know, your body's doing as much as it can and trying to provide oxygen to this new life that you can get quite out of breath. So that was really interesting. Um, in that first week, we didn't tell anyone because I just wanted to keep it a secret. I was just a bit... Yeah, I was really paranoid and uh, you'll hear this throughout the rest of the, the next few weeks now, but I was really paranoid. I was really worried that I was going to miscarry because I know that the first time that you get pregnant, like there is a higher rate of miscarriage, not for everyone, but you know, it can happen. And I've also had quite a few close friends, relatives, clients, you know, miscarry. And I kind of told myself from day dot, don't get excited this might not happen. Um, and my fear was always that I was going to miscarry. And I just want to talk about that because I felt like I was so alone with that, but I'll, I'll keep talking and then we'll go on. So we actually told Brad's mom and my auntie after a week. So I had someone to talk to. Obviously they've both been through pregnancies and for anyone listening to this who hasn't listened to my um, sort of my own personal journey into online coaching, you will know that I don't speak to my mom. So um, I told my auntie, who is like a mother to me. So I had someone to talk to, and they both soothed my worry with positive views, but also understood exactly how I felt. So I do think for anyone listening, like it does help to tell a couple of people, especially loved ones who are gonna help you and support you and understand and just want to check in to see how you how you're getting on um okay so weeks four to five no real changes other than big sore boobs and I felt like I looked a bit fluffier I had a lot of energy in these weeks and continued to exercise however I really noticed shortness in breath so I just rested in between sets a little longer and reduced weight where I'd usually you know really try and push myself where I'd usually push myself to like a nine out of ten effort I dropped it back to a seven to eight effort just because I don't know, I just felt, is the word off kilter? I think, I think it's off kilter. So I just, I just knew I shouldn't probably push myself. And I thought I better enjoy this now, this, you know, energy as such, as I know in weeks to come, it, it was probably going to change. So I did have the odd day around weeks four to five where I felt knackered and had a nap, but literally that was probably about two out of 14 days. So I only had two days where I felt really tired. And to be honest, I get like that anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and just to kind of reiterate, I strength trained. So I was still going to the gym three times a week. I was still following my own Peach Club workouts, um, my gym Peach Club workouts, but I just changed the intensity. And one of the things that I did as well was take my headphones out because it helped me listening, listen to my breath more. Because when you've got headphones in, you know, you'll know this if you go out for a run, if you've got like fast beats on, you'll start to run faster and then you can end up getting out of breath. Whereas if you don't have any music on, 
you can listen to your breath and kind of tune into yourself. So one of the things I did start doing was just training with no headphones in, or I'd pop my headphones in in rest periods. Um, And that really helped me kind of just slow down a bit because just like the normal exercises I would do, let's say for a a goblet squat, I do a goblet squat, I do 10 reps and I'd be like, why am I so out of breath? Um, So I just really had to tune into that, take a longer rest period and don't hold you're not supposed to hold your breath as well. Um, so I'll come on to more of that in a second. Um, okay, week six. Oh, hello, nausea. Is it nausea or nausea? nausea? No, it's nausea. <laughs> hello, feeling sick. I read online, it feels like you wake up every morning with a hangover. And yes, they are right. I haven't been sick yet, but every morning I wake up and retch. If I don't eat almost immediately, this retching lasts longer. So I found literally the best way to stop it is have a slice or two of toast with some honey or jam. Then I just feel sick all frigging day. It's like when you've got a hangover and your tummy literally feels gross and sensitive. You feel like you want to be sick, but you also feel like you should probably have a McDonald's, but you also feel like you should probably go lie down. It's horrendous. Um, as soon as I feel really sick, I actually worked out, well, as soon as I felt like I you know, was feeling sick, I worked out that actually I just needed to eat something. Like there were quite a few times where I'd feel really sick and I'd be like, oh God, what do I do? Da, 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 da. Like a bit of moping around, not really sure, go and lie down a bit. Da, da. And it just got worse and worse. So what I actually did was force myself to eat something. And actually, miraculously, that really worked. So I think it's, I don't know the science behind this and I have tried to look it up, but I think it's something probably to do with your blood, your like glucose levels um and energy levels and also it's definitely to do with the change a sur- like a surge in um like change of hormones as well um where did i get to so as soon as i feel really sick i know i need to eat again but the thought yet yeah, the thought of food makes you feel sick so even though I knew I had to eat something because I felt so sick. The thought of eating something just makes you feel sick. So it's (laughs) like fighting this never ending battle of just feeling sick all the time and then eating and being like, I don't want to eat it, but I know I have to. Um, I went off. I found, yeah, I found having a snack really helpful. So just having like literally something like a cracker or another slice of toast or just a handful of crisps or just whatever I could stomach. Um, But the food aversions, oh my God, are they real? Like, I cannot even tell you. I, I, I even struggled to do my food shop and my shopping list because I just couldn't bring myself to decide. Like, I didn't know what, I was gonna crave and then what I was gonna hate. So it was really difficult because I'd go food shopping and I went food shopping on week six. I remember and just being like, I don't know what to buy because <laughs> I probably will just want to throw it up. <laughs> um, so I went off a lot of foods and um, a lot of foods that I normally eat as well. So it was just completely, just completely threw me off kilter. Um, so I've gone off so many foods, chicken, chicken. Oh, I even had, still have a bit of a funny relationship with chicken right now. The thought of eating chicken thigh, bleh, 
no. Um, so chicken was absolutely no go. Salad, no, just it just literally the thought of it made me oh, yeah, gross. But what's really nice now is I can eat a salad. I had a Subway salad today and it was delicious. But yeah, back then, no. Vegetables completely went off. Although I, I did find I could eat some vegetables in the evening. Um, it was a little bit of force fed, but I must say the rest of my diet was so beige that I just wanted to make sure I was eating something nutritious. Um, I'd gone off chocolate completely, so unlike me, and I even went off coffee in the day. I was drinking um, one coffee in the morning. So as soon as I found out, I thought I'm going to cut my coffee. Um, I'm just going to have one. Um, and I was drinking peppermint tea. Peppermint tea actually was really lovely. I found that really helpful. Um, and the only things I seemed to be able to stomach and make me feel better were, and this was week six, grated cheese sandwiches. Don't ask me why they had to be grated. They just had to be grated. Salt and vinegar crisps, ginger nut biscuits, toast crumpets. I could somehow stomach a protein bar and beef lamb and scrambled egg not poached egg but I, I say eggs I'm still very indifferent I before I got pregnant I absolutely friggin loved eggs but as soon as I found out I was pregnant I have a love-hate relationship with it even just saying it now it's making my like throat clam up um yeah now saying scrambled eggs makes me want to yeah makes me feel a bit sick so maybe like the food aversions haven't completely gone yet but I just couldn't eat poached eggs. And it, what's funny is um, a few weeks before I got pregnant, sort of before Christmas time, I went through a stage of having avocado, poached eggs and crumpets for breakfast, probably for about two months. Um, and the thought of it was just like, oh, my God, no. Um, so eggs were definitely out of the picture, apart from scrambled. But I can't say scrambled right now. Ugh. Um, anyway, exercise wise, I find if I train in the morning, it's a bit better, but I don't feel particularly pumped up to train. When I do start, I feel okay, but the nausea is on and off. And saying that, I've noticed that reduce. Do, 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 sorry, I'm just reading this. When I do start, I feel okay, but just ignore me for a second. Uh, saying that, I've noticed that reduce when I'm out walking and training. So I do think exercise. Oh, okay. So basically what I found in week six is I was feeling sick on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. And it was really hard to kind of like decide when to go to the gym or when to train at home or when to go for a walk. So I was like, well, what if I get there and I feel sick? Or what if I get there and I feel like I need a snack? So it was really difficult, but I just kind of like Put on my big girl pants as I say and I was like do you know what if I don't try I won't know so I'm going to give myself permission to get there and if I get there and it's a no I'm going to turn around and come home um so what I did do was I went to the gym took a snack in my bag I took a protein bar actually and I think I took some snacker jacks just in case um and then when I got to the gym I kind of just gave myself permission to do what I fancied and I just found sitting on the bike and just pedaling really really helpful so I just get to the gym and I'm still doing this now actually I just sit on the bike for five ten minutes and just pedal and it 
I know that sounds like for some of you, you might do that anyway because it's a warm up. But I actually walk to the gym. So I'd walk to the gym and just start training normally. But I'd walk to the gym and just sit on the bike. So it just kind of in my head, I was like, right, I can sit down. I can control how much I pedal. And if I still feel sick in five, 10 minutes time, I know it's time to go home and I'll just walk back home. Um, but actually doing that five to 10 minutes of steady state cardio was really helpful because I just it allowed me to kind of just be like, okay, I feel safe. I feel all right. Like, let's just see, you know, and yeah, it was just really helpful. So for anyone struggling to get to the gym kind of in this phase or to exercise, I definitely recommend just doing something really light um, and just giving yourself permission to be like, if, if I can't do this, if I can't carry on, I can just stop or I can just go home. And one session, actually, I did get to the gym and um, I went to go and strength train and I just couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I just went and sat back on the bike again. And I think I did about 40 minutes of just really steady pedaling on the bike and just real low intensity as well. Um, so yeah. Okay. Week seven to eight. Now, suddenly all the symptoms have just gone. The constant sickness and my boobs have stopped hurting and it really, really worried me. And it worried me, but also obviously I felt quite relieved because I no longer felt sick. But then I just kept thinking something was wrong. Why has it gone away? Something's wrong with me. Something's bad is going to happen. Now, kind of at this point, I had reached out to a couple of friends and told a couple of friends um, that have gone through pregnancies um, and a couple who haven't just because I really felt like if anything goes wrong, I want to make sure that I've got a good support network around me. So it was my choice. Um, and I only told a handful of friends. And I also ended up having to tell like my hairdresser, my skin skincare specialist. There's a lot of people that you don't like think that you, you would tell first, but you end up telling because you're like, is this safe? I told my skin a skincare specialist because I used retinol. And I remember reading online that if you got pregnant, you probably shouldn't use retinol. So I kind of had to check in with her. Um, and it was nice to chat with her, actually, because she's got two two children. And, you know, she talked to me about her, you know, first trimester. And the friends that who have just recently had babies as well and who haven't, but have gone through pregnancies themselves that I did tell. It was, it was really nice to speak to them about it because they understood the kind of the sickness stuff. They also understood... Um, you know, the worries that you get as well. Um, so I did reach out to a couple of friends and that was really helpful. But when this happened, I um, reached out to one of my very close friends and I just burst into tears. I was like, there's something wrong with me. Why is it all stopped? Something bad's going to happen. And she rang me and she just gave me the best pep talk ever. You know, she essentially said to me, isn't it amazing that you love something so much already? And, you know, what will be will be and you can just you can either sit there and worry all day or you can just go about your day and look after yourself and just do the best for yourself and that was really nice to hear and that's kind of what I needed at the time um so food diversions were still there but they just weren't as strong as before I still couldn't eat chicken um and I found I needed to eat a little and often rather than big meals and if I left it 
too long in between meals or you know snacks my IBS would flare up and I'd get quite bad stomach aches so I just really had to change because I've always been like a a three plate kind of girl a big breakfast a big lunch a big dinner and you know a snack in between those if I needed it whereas with being pregnant I just couldn't I just physically couldn't not stomach the amount of food I'd eaten previously but I needed to eat a lot more frequently. So that was a big change for me because I was like, why can't I finish my dinner? Um, and why do I just need to like feel like a snack all the time? But do you know what? I just gave myself permission. I was like, whatever you need right now, you need to just go with it. Um, my energy levels were fine, which again, worried me a little bit. I just got very tired in the evenings. But to be fair, that's quite like me anyway. Um, and one thing I really found was the whole toast in the morning thing. Um, I, <laughs> I'm i not usually a breakfast person. Like I can usually not get hungry first thing in the morning and just drink coffee and kind of get to about nine or 10 o'clock in the day and then be like, okay, I'm hungry now, I'll have breakfast. Whereas now, even now, 13 weeks, I wake up at half six in the morning most mornings and I need to eat toast there and then. Like, if I don't eat it there and then, I feel horrendous. So I don't know now if I've got into a habit of that, but I have to eat straight away. And that was so different for me. It was it, like so different because I just have never, ever been an early breakfast morning eater. And I really had to kind of challenge my my brain with that. So yeah, toast toast has been number one essential in the house. Um, so another thing I noticed was I couldn't eat porridge either. So I tried to make myself eat porridge and I just, I felt really ill after it and I just felt really sick and I just felt off for the whole day. So I don't think meals high in fiber were suiting me. I can't remember what else it was that I tried to eat. I think it was just whole wheat bread. But and fruit as well. Um, so like raspberries and stuff, I usually eat quite a lot of raspberries, but I just couldn't, I, I don't know, I'd, there's something about eating stuff high in fiber. I just, it made me feel really ill. So um, I just tried to stick to like white, white carbs. So if I had toast, it was white bread, the cheapest kind. Um, if I wanted rice, chips, fine, I'd have like white. So I just went completely beige basically. Um, I did also seem to have a bit of an addiction to pineapple. Um, I, I really just had this, you, your cravings just come. You're like, I want pineapple. <laughs> so yeah, just really random. And then crisps. Um, the crisps craving at this point had seemed to have passed. Um, I'll come on to, I'll come on to the crisps in a minute. But exercise wise, I was still training. I had been a few times but I just felt sick but once I actually started so once I I kind of was like okay I feel a bit sick let's just see how I get on I actually felt loads better and I was finding then actually walking and exercising really started to decrease any sickness that I felt so even though I didn't have the symptoms it would it would still occasionally like crop up it was just I guess my symptoms the week before so it was I think it was yeah from about like uh week six 
Yeah, for about week six, I um, it was so bad. Was it week six? Yeah, week. I would say weeks five and six, to be honest. The sickness was so bad, whereas the week seven to eight, I guess it was probably about a two out of ten. It was still there, but it wasn't as extreme. Um, so when I say all the symptoms have gone, I was probably being, <laughs> being a bit, um, what's the word for it? A bit of a drama queen, but I definitely did have some days where I still feel, felt a bit sick. Yeah. I've even written here. I did, I'd say my sickness is a three out of 10 compared to before where it was an eight, nine out of 10 most days. Um, so yeah, so up until this point, and this is one thing I wanted to mention, a lot of people find in their pregnancy, especially very early on, or, or even later in their first trimester, they're hit with this horrendous tiredness. Now, I didn't get like that. And that, that also frightened me a little bit. I was like, everyone speaks about this uh, first trimester tiredness, and I haven't got it what's going on? I felt pretty normal. I mean, I'm quite active normally. I was pretty much hitting, you know, the same kind of steps each day. I was obviously going lower intensity with exercise. I wasn't exercising as much, like, whereas I'd normally do three to four strength workouts a week. Some weeks I'd only do two. Um, and other weeks I'd do three, but literally one session might only be 20 minutes. The other sessions might be really light. Um, there were some sessions that I did go heavy and I definitely shouldn't have because I, man, do you feel it like the doms kick in so badly. Obviously, it's all to do with the changes in your body. But seriously, I felt so sore after some workouts. I was like, well, I should not have gone that heavy. Um, but yeah, I never really felt like completely knocked out. I'm normally quite tired in the evenings anyway. Like I'm normally a tired by like half nine. It is, by the way, it is 20 past nine and I'm recording this. And the reason why I'm doing it right now is because we're moving house tomorrow and we're going to lose our internet. And I wanted to make sure that I got this done sooner rather than later because I'd probably forget weeks 12 to 13. Um, so yeah, so usually by this time I'm like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> but um yeah, I, that, that was just quite normal to me anyway. Um, so I didn't have this severe tiredness that people talk about. And I'll come on to this later. But when I first met, met the midwife, I said to her, I was like, to be honest with you, I don't think my symptoms have been that severe. And she was like, that's okay. Um, I think a lot of people obviously talk about the extremities of feeling horrendous. And there's actually a lot of people out there who go through their first trimester and just don't really feel anything and I think that's important to talk about now I have, I feel quite lucky with my first trimester and I'll keep reading at the moment because I've only got to week seven to eight but I feel quite lucky that my symptoms weren't horrendous like I could still exercise there are definitely some women out there who physically cannot bring themselves to exercise their sickness is so bad they I can never pr pronounce this, so excuse me if I'm saying it wrong, but hyperemesis gravidium, gra gravidium, which is basically extreme sickness, like you literally cannot keep any food down. Um, I didn't have anything like that, and that can go on for quite a few weeks, and I've uh, got a friend actually who is, um, she's quite a few more weeks along than me, but she had severe sickness as well, and like 
I can't even begin to imagine what that's like for people. So I do feel quite lucky. I do think I was quite fortunate um, that my symptoms weren't as severe as perhaps they could be. Or like I've said to a couple of people that have asked me how it went, I'm obviously just really hardcore. <laughs> I don't think I am at all. Um, in fact, I'm a huge wimp. But yeah, I just think I just think everybody's pregnancy is different. And I feel really lucky that I was actually still able to exercise because some people can't even bring themselves to go out for a walk. Um, okay, weeks nine to ten. I wake up every morning still starving, hungry, or even if I'm not hungry within 20 minutes. So I, I kind of tried to test it. I was like, let's just see if this is actual hunger. Within 20 to 30 minutes of waking up, I just know I need to eat. Motiv my motivation to exercise is hit and miss. I really felt this actually in these two weeks, which is really, really unlike me. I've been trying to do what I can. I've done some home workouts, which is unlike me, apart from obviously lockdown. And I really love going to the gym usually, but I just could not bring myself to getting there in these particular weeks. I don't know why. Um, obviously, motivation is fleeting, but just in these particular weeks, I was like, I just can't go. Um, and actually, I found home, workout, home workouts quite good because they were just so accessible. And at a period of time where I felt okay, like still when I'm... Um, talking about this so I was still on off feeling a bit sick and just constantly feeling hungry is really annoying as well um it was just nice to be able to go right I've, I've got like two minutes where I don't feel sick and really hungry like I'm just gonna do a home workout so it was nice to do something that was accessible and I can definitely see why some women don't want to go to the gym and they want to train at home in pregnancy because you just feel a bit uncomfortable about your body I just didn't really feel like putting on like nice gym leggings I wanted to put on my scruffs yeah I just felt a bit like meh you know when you're like actually on your period and you're like nah, I just want to wear a big hoodie that's kind of how I felt in these weeks um, I've also noticed that if I'm hungry and go to the gym, it's a terrible idea. So sometimes my frequent hunger and meals kinds of messes up, kind of messes up my ability to get there as I just can't seem to time it right. So hence why I've opted to do some home workouts too. I've also noticed that if I do, yeah, I, this is big. So I've noticed that if I do an hour in the gym, man, do I know about it the next day. I've had a couple of gym workouts where I've done an hour and probably have gone too heavy, even though I am trying to go light. It's actually quite difficult to go light when all you've been doing your, you know, your all of your training years, you've been trying to push strength and go heavier and go heavier. And then all of a sudden you've got to go lighter. It's quite difficult to make that transition. So I definitely probably, I don't know, lifted up, lifted 14 kilograms on bench press, you know, dumbbell bench press when I probably should have been doing like 10. Um, and doing an hour just knocked me for six. Like I just, I felt it the next day. And this is kind of where I was like, is this pregnancy tiredness? Have I overdone it? I'm not sure. So I decided that I was just going to try and stick to 30 to 45 minutes at a time and then just do one hour a week. And the reason why I was still doing just that one hour a week is I just like exercise. So it's really difficult to kind of stop at 30 minutes and be like, okay, you should leave now. Um, so it was definitely because I got carried away. But Currently, at this period of time, I was still doing three to four workouts a week. Um, and on week nine, we were actually away for four days in Wales and we walked loads. And oh, my God, that's when I felt exhausted. And usually we go on quite a lot of like walking holidays and stuff. 
wow, we sound so old. Um, usually, you know, I do like a hike in the day and I'd feel a bit tired the next day, but I do, we go out for a long like beach hike walk in Wales. We stayed in um, the Mumbles, which was really nice, but it was, <laughs> it pissed it down the whole time we were there. But anyway, we'd go out for a walk and I'd come back and I just need to sleep. I don't know whether it was because it was raining and it was miserable and I was cold or whether it was because, I don't know, we were just doing like a long time of walking. We'd go out and walk for like two hours straight. I just, every time we came back to the chalet that we were staying at, I just had to sleep. Um, so I caught a bit of a cold actually whilst we were there. And I, I remember spending 20 minutes Googling whether I could actually take paracetamol. You can. Um, and I did take paracetamol because I did feel a bit rough and ropey. But energy wise, other than the normal, I need to go to sleep by 9.30. I didn't actually feel too bad um, when we got back and when we kind of got back into normal routine. So another thing that, and I said, I hope this is not too much information, but Another thing that I did notice is I was getting a lot more discharge than normal. Um, and that is very common as well in your first trimester. You will notice lots of different things discharge wise. Um, so, yeah. OK, week 10 to 11. Itchy nipples. Um, <laughs> that's the first thing I've written. My nipples seem to be turning into burger nipples. I've never had big nipples, so this is a bit of a weird one for me. Also, my skin, please tell me, I, I've not asked any friends this, so my skin se se like seemed to be itchy all the time. I was like really dry and itchy, but I did put that down a little bit down to cold weather as well, because it's obviously, what, it's still January, maybe going into February here. Yeah, it's about February time um so I was like oh maybe it's just because it's winter but yeah I just every time I was going to bed I was like why am I so itchy so I just started to lather up with uh moisturizer before bed um nothing new here no sickness anymore but that seems to have got which seems to have gone which is great so this is weeks 10 to 11 some food diversions are still there but to be honest I think it's more prevalent that I have cravings more than I do have food aversions the crisp addiction is rife. I've never, ever been a crisp person, ever. In all, all my life, I've always been a chocolate person. And I can always give or take uh, crisps. But this is completely the other way around now. I'm massively turning into a savoury person, which is just weird. And I somehow like sweets. I've never, ever, ever been anyone that goes into the shop to buy a packet of Haribo. Just does not fate like does not interest me. Well, apparently when you're pregnant, it does. <laughs> so my diet just seemed to be really hit and miss. Some days I'd worry a little bit and be like, oh, I didn't, I seem to be eating. Like I think one day I actually ate three packet of crisps, which is very unlike me. Um. And some days I was like, do you know what? You just need to ride it out. Like, this is just a phase. If that's what your body needs, it's not forever. You just need to ride it out. And I was still able to eat fruit. I was still able to eat, you know, some healthy things. But most of my diet was beige. Um, and also just want to mention that the McDonald's cravings were real. Um, I literally <laughs> used to fantasize. I can still fantasize about it now fantasize about mcdonald's chips oh i think it's the soul it's definitely the soul you know i just 
wanted McDonald's like all the time. And I remember actually going to the gym and walking home and on my way back, you, <laughs> you walk past McDonald's and I was so tempted. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, I could have gone in and had a McDonald's, but I had food at home and, you know, I don't always want to be out spending money. So <laughs> I just walked past, I was like, oh, I so want to go in there right now. Uh, but I didn't, I went home and ate crisps instead. Um, so anyway, I was like, oh, do you know what? This is just a phase, write it out. Um, and I've actually written an example. So for example, today I had two slices of toast with honey and jam. 30 minutes later, I was hungry. So I had a small, oh yeah, I forgot. I also had a cereal addiction as well. I had a small bowl of bran flakes, hungry. By the way, I cannot bring myself to eat anything protein-based at the moment. Again, eggs are an absolute no, um, at least until midday. And then one hour later after the bran flakes, this was only 9 a.m. by the way, um, I had another bowl of bran flakes again. Then I had a ham and cheese baguettes, pop chips, and an apple. And today is pancake day, so I had two pancakes with lemon and sugar. Then I had sausage and mash and peas for dinner. I'm writing this now, so I presume I'll have something for pudding. But I seem to have had, it seems to be constant crisps, and I've also eaten three breakfasts today. What the hell? Um, I know this day's food might intake not might not seem that bad to some people, but I would never ever have eaten three lots of carbs normally in the morning in my dieting days. So it's actually nice to know and see that I can, you know, I can have foods and not freak out because I literally had toast, cereal and cereal and then literally within an hour of eating that third bowl of cereal I then had a ham and cheese baguette um a massive one might I add but you know I was just like do you know what this is a phase ride it out um so yeah and I also thought because a lot of people talk about you know they overeat in pregnancy because they just kind of no they just take advantage of it you know the fact that oh you can eat a bit more and actually studies show that you know you should only actually be eating about 150 calories more well I had this conversation with a good friend of mine actually who is um a very very fit individual and we were both talking about it and I just don't think that's accurate I'm afraid to say especially if you are an active human being like some days I do 20,000 steps a day and I've been to the gym and I'm a bit of a fidget and I think just having an extra 150 calories and growing a human does not go hand in hand like I definitely needed three breakfasts and a lunch and crisps and pancakes that day like there is no way I would have been able to eat x amount of calories and on that note I want to say I did not track my calories once throughout this period I did not try and control my food in any way I didn't try and eat less in any way I just went with it I just thought you know what if I need it right now if I'm hungry right now I'm going to eat my body needs this and if it is a packet of Haribo or if it is a packet of crisps I'm just going to go with it because right now I need to make sure that I'm getting enough fuel in and if it's what my body needs it's what my body needs so I definitely developed even more trust with my body um so yeah uh okay <laughs> I have a pain in my ass cheek right my right cheek above <laughs> above the crack <laughs> and it's doing my head in feels like a trapped nerve and when I look at my posture in the mirror I think I look a bit different I can definitely see my pelvis is tilted forward so there are going to be changes to your posture when you get pregnant your pelvis will tilt forward a little bit more because obviously your kind of body's making space for a bump um your rib cage can widen as well obviously your hips can widen definitely notice that in jeans 
Um, so yeah, first midwife appointment too this week. So I was having my wee bloods and blood pressure, etc. checked. It felt so bizarre to be there. She was take she was talking so much that I just seemed to have blanked <laughs> blanked it all out. Typical me. You know when someone goes blah 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 blah. Are you listening? I'm like, yeah, Brad. What did she say? <laughs> Oh, God. But one thing that was really eye-opening is they talk so much about your health. Um, I don't know whether... I've actually had a few conversations about this now, and I've, I've actually heard some people haven't had experiences like I did, but this particular midwife that I was speaking to... Um, she was talking about, you know, the health in my family, whether I was an exerciser, whether I wasn't, and all the checks that you go through, like your blood pressure, um, bloods, whatever, like they're really thorough with your health. And it's kind of, I don't know, I guess if I didn't look after my health, it would be a bit of a huge wake up call. Because when you're thinking about like carrying another human, like your health does, you do think about your health a lot. Um, so yeah, it was just, it just reminded me really of how actually proud I am that I've kept myself fit and active my whole life. And I'm so proud that I was strength training before I was pregnant so that I could just carry on through my pregnancy because I know a lot of people don't strength train or don't exercise and then get pregnant and get told, you know, you're at high risk because of this health marker and that health marker it's probably advisable that you start exercising and you kind of do it out of panic and I would just say to anybody who is much younger than me and thinking about you know in the future I do want to have children do look after your health do strength train do the things that you need to do to look after your you know your weight as well and your body fat because it is important. Obviously, do not take things to the extreme lengths that I did, where I was a bit obsessed with my weight and, you know, being so tiny. But do make sure that you do the things because later on in life, like these do impact not just your fertility, but like they do impact your pregnancy risk as well. And if you're high risk, there's a lot more things that can go wrong, essentially, within the pregnancy. So, yeah, I just felt like, God, I'm really glad that I've obviously looked after my health. Obviously, I'm fortunate I work in the industry, so obviously it's going to be very important to me. But I don't know, it just really reaffirmed to me that, yeah, I'm I'm looking after my health for the right reasons. And I want to make sure that when I bring a child into this world, like I look after my health throughout my pregnancy. And obviously eating three packets of crisps every day for about a week isn't the best way about it. But you kind of have to you kind of have to just accept that that's all you can do at that time. And the first trimester is tough. It's rough. You feel sick. And sometimes you just have to let go of some stuff. But if you can eat a bit of fruit, if you can get a bit of fresh air, if you can go to bed slightly earlier, etc., then you are doing the things to look after yourself. Um, okay. And then I had a 60 minute call phone call on the Friday with my midwife about my whole background, my family, my social life, my health, etc. and so on. So this is kind of like standard procedure. Now they have a call with you and they basically want to know everything. You know, what um, health issues have you got in your family? How did you grow up? Did you go into the social care system and that kind of thing? They, they really want to know a lot of detail, which I just didn't expect at all. So it was quite nice actually talking about that kind of stuff um and she went through all my blood tests etc and everything was absolutely fine which is great 
Okay, week 11. Okay, I thought I had gotten away with it. The tiredness that everyone talks about hadn't really hit me until now. On Sunday, after a day in the Peak District before, I could barely change. So basically, we went to Peak District to see some friends. We did go for two walks. So that could have potentially tired me out, but I could barely get change out of my pajamas. Like I literally couldn't bring myself to leave the house. And I spent the most of the entire day in bed, um, which is so unlike me. And um, on the couch napping, I was just absolutely exhausted. The only thing I could manage to do was go out and get a McDonald's. Um, I was craving it from the moment I woke up. Then Um, when I had it, I had like stuff that I don't normally have as well, which was a bit weird. And then this week I found I've had to take myself off to bed early. I fell asleep on the sofa at 4pm in the afternoon and seriously, yeah, the tiredness has kicked in. I thought I'd got away with it, but obviously not. However, saying that I do feel in good spirits. I feel like I'm able to get to the gym now. I think the spring and sunny mornings have definitely helped at this time. It was kind of changing uh, season. But I'm still a crisp munching monster. I don't think I've ever eaten so many crisps in my life. I want to, I want to, and I'm feeling more positive. Oh, okay. I am feeling more positive about my scan because my scan is on Monday. So at this point, I was on what I thought was week 11, but I was actually on week 13. Um, I was feeling more positive because I had my scan on Monday and it felt like this day was never going to come but it's getting closer. I still have doubts, of course. I still think daily, this might not happen, this might not last, but the scan is so close, it's starting to feel like baby peanut is is becoming a reality. My boobs and nipples have been itching all of this week. (laughs) It's a bit of a random diary entry there. But yeah, I just wanted to say, like, obviously, the, the gap between finding out, so what I found out week... I've kind of found out week three. So the gap between finding out like week three of your pregnancy to week 12, holy moly, that feels like an eternity when you're in it. It feels like forever. Like I found out pretty much the start of January. Then I rang the the doctor and said, I'm pregnant, blah, blah, blah. They send you a letter to say, okay, here's your first scan. And the scan was like 14th of March. I was like, holy shit, that's ages away and it really did feel like forever when you're in it but now I've just had my scan I'm like oh wasn't that long actually so it's one of those things isn't it it's always the way but yeah I definitely as the scan was approaching the one fear I did have and I was so fearful until she literally pointed it out to me was that I wasn't gonna see or hear a heartbeat now on the first scan that I had um, you couldn't listen to a heartbeat, but she showed me the heartbeat, which was really reassuring. Um, so, yeah, so that that was my biggest fear that I was going to get there. And they would say, sorry, either there's nothing there or there's no heartbeat there. I'm really sorry. Or you're going to have to come back for another scan. That was really lucky. But I cannot even begin to tell you the feeling that you have. Like I was sat and we drove to the hospital for the scan and I felt I don't know, Brad was like, are you nervous? So I was like, yes. Um, and you also have to down like two pints of water like an hour before you go. So you're absolutely busting for a wee. Um, but yeah, I just felt so nervous sat in that waiting room. And when she put the jelly on my stomach, I was like shaking. And then obviously you just get to see it. 
and you just see that there's this tiny little tiny little baby with arms and legs and feet and oh god you're like how is that in my stomach that's weird <laughs> but it was the most amazing thing and she showed me the heartbeat and at the time she couldn't do certain tests for disabilities because the baby was actually doing a headstand the baby's meant to sort of lie on its back but my baby trust me was doing <laughs> just like me doing a headstand in my in my tummy so they couldn't do certain tests because the head was right down by my uterus basically um so I'm gonna have to go back in a couple of weeks to go and have another scan 16 weeks um to have that scan just to see if they can do the tests um to see if everything's okay so yeah so that's kind of my first trimester so I just wanted to say um there's probably about 100 more things I could add um I was an emotional wreck a lot um it definitely had a few temper tantrums, lost the plot a few times, didn't know why, put the keys, lost the car keys probably about six time, times, put the uh, TV remote in the like in the fridge, cooked the wrong thing for dinner, like baby brain is a thing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we met actually the new landlord and uh, where we're moving to and we, uh, we went in and I was like, oh, are you excited about moving out? She was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, in, she, in which she said to me, you've probably got baby brain because they knew. I was like, yeah, that's true. Because um, they weren't moving out. They were there to decorate the house, of course, because they were landlord. It was, it was the landlord there. But anyway, so I had baby brain. And obviously, whilst this is all going on, I was working. So I was coaching my clients. I was, you know, I was doing lives on um, the Get Shred group and I was, you know, I was trying to keep life as normal as possible, but I, <laughs> I honestly, going back to listen to some of the podcasts that I've recorded in my first trimester, I'm like, how did I even do that? Because I just muddled up my words all the time. Now that's just me. Sometimes I do that, but even more so in pregnancy, Brad sometimes would say to me like, what are you trying to say? Spit it out. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely found that kind of weird and random but yeah so there you go there's my first trimester um I hope you enjoyed that podcast and yeah I'm obviously well I'm 13 weeks now so we shall see how we get on I feel quite good this week I've been really ravenous today actually I've been really hungry um but other than that feeling good able to eat salad again which is really nice and vegetables again which is really nice um so yeah I feel I feel that I've had quite a good first trimester I do think it could have been a lot worse and I do feel very lucky I obviously do work for myself as well so I am fortunate fortunate enough to if you know if I need a nap in the day I can go and get an hour's nap and then come and do some work later on like I'm doing today and it's now quarter to ten um Whereas I think if I had to go into an office every day, it would be 100% a different story. So if anyone's listening to this thinking, oh, you got it easy, I think obviously my lifestyle and yeah, how I live might be very different to you. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Hopefully you can take something away from it. If it helps at all, let me know, reach out. If you can relate to it at all, let me know, reach out. And if you've got any tips for me going forward into trimester two and three, please reach out and let me know. 
Um, so yeah, just as always, if you like this podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and share and do reach out to me if you enjoyed it or if you didn't or if you've got anything else to add, please fire away. Um, I probably have missed 6,000 things off this podcast, but hey-ho, I've done my best to remember most of it. Have a great day, everyone, and enjoy.